Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Sopranos, that's how we roll. So uh, thanks for showing up. It was fucking amazing. So- let's talk devils and islanders. Let's talk penguins and rangers. But let's not talk about flyers because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Well, people pay to listen to me host the Friends and Rivals podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom Parkers. Joining me each week are Stadium Series Victor Stephen Wojtowicz. On location outside of Hartford, Connecticut, Bill Fougere. Ready for bedtime, Nick Larita. <laughs> Already? It's you like got a long way to go, buddy. I got up at five this morning for work, and I got to get up at five again tomorrow. And this whole week, I got to get up at five. Too many meetings I got this week. I just got to do real work for a few I, hours. I got a hunch this is not going to be a tight 45 tonight. Yeah, I got a hunch. Sean the Dark here. Well, let's give it a try. And it see what can be if we <laughs> want it to be. Listen, our sponsors are going to be pissed off at us tonight, except for maybe the Coke guys and uh, whoever's doing Nick's show. But, um, well, maybe we just get out of, the, out of the way right now. Let's take a ride in the Metro. Sponsored by Rich Wholesome Nestle Quick. Hello, boys and girls. Do you hate the taste of regular milk and need energy? Try Nestle Quick. One sip and you can feel the energy in your muscles. Nestle Quick, now available in chocolate and strawberry. They say the real men drink pink. Then I'm a real man for sure. But if you like the brown, I still love you for who you are. Because it's time for acceptance Of everyone, all preference We're all quick on the inside Anyway Nestle Quick, it does the trick Uh, And we are going to This is going to be just Stadium Series Edition If you want to include anything from, from the week um prior in your games go right ahead but um we're gonna do it chronologically as the weekend happened and we'll go we'll start off with the 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 devil's flyers we'll do rangers islanders and then we'll do the yager um jersey ceremony with the penguins and the kings uh we'll do that's the order for tonight um nick since you are on the losing end you'll go first and um when it comes to when it comes to our game but steve we will start with the Devils. Just a phenomenal Saturday night. Uh, showed up to the stadium team full, you know, clad in Sopranos gear. Was a very cool look uh, for them to show up that way. Flyer showed up all dressed up like Rocky in the gray sweatsuit with the hands taped. So it was fun to see everybody getting involved early. Um, I, I thought, did, Honestly, did you like that? The Sopranos thing? Yeah, the Sopranos and the Rocky thing. I thought the Sopranos thing was funny. I thought Rocky's a little played out. I'm, I would be surprised if they haven't done it already. But I thought the Sopranos thing was funny. It, nobody knew what they were going to do, and I thought that was a good embrace of uh, embracement of New, uh, northern New Jersey. They missed right. an opportunity to come in, riding in on the grease trucks in New Jersey. No, nah, I mean, if it was that, if it was that, if it was giant cheesesteak. If it was at Rutgers Stadium, then I could see it. You know, just uh, riding in on the on a couple of 
food trucks. But uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was a good a good way to represent North Jersey. It was funny. Everybody got a kick out of it. It wasn't too serious. So, yeah. Um, I thought pregame wise, I thought everything was done great. Um, the Jonas Brothers concert before. I mean, I don't listen to the Jonas Brothers, but it looked entertaining. Rave having, reviews from everybody about having the Jonas people Brothers down on the field. So that they were like front row in the concert, you know, like a general admission. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen people down on the field for a game slash a concert, you know, during the stadium series. So I thought that was done very well. Um, the only thing I think I wish they didn't do was block off the seats behind the stage to do those to do the pyro stuff for the concert. I just don't think it was necessary. They could have done pyro around the stage like they did without having to block off those. It wound up being like three full sections. So it's like 5,000 seats. They could have 5,000 more people could have gone to the game and, and I don't think it was needed. Uh, as for the game, Nico Hischer scoring 32 seconds in was outstanding. That's the way you want to get out you know, in front, that's something they haven't done much this season, as we all know. Um, and then they withstood a, a very strong press from the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers Fuck finished. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck, Fuck them. the Flyers. Fuck them. But they finished with 48 shots on net. Dawes finished with 45 saves. Um, zero, oh, oh for 5 on the power play. But you got great efforts by Nico. Like I said, you got great effort from Bastion. Great defensive efforts, um, just an outstanding game all around. Uh, couldn't be happier winning their first, you know, the first time they won an outdoor game in their second try. So uh, a very exciting night for any Devils fan. Awesome. So uh, we had Sunday. Sunday we had the, uh, the Isles-Rangers game, uh, second time in 10 years been since we last played each other in a stadium series game uh i attended that game and it was fucking cold it was not great conditions the game was pretty shitty uh getting there sucked because it was through the subway and you know actually it wasn't too bad getting there it was getting out was like a fucking nightmare um and it was it was so all i can remember was so cold outside and then incredibly warm in the subway when we came home and it was just a sneaker of a game it was just wasn't that great 10 years ago now, fast forward 10 years, this game was fucking way better. I mean, I'm glad we didn't – I don't like going to these things It's because like, I feel like it would be the same thing as going to a football game. I just – you know, you can't see shit, and it's kind of like so overpriced to go. But it was great production value in TV. You know, I mean, they just – I think they really nailed it. The only thing that really surprised me, and I think I texted you guys about this, was I turned the game on three, thinking the game was going to start soon, and it, it was like – Oh, 45 minutes till game time. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because I had yeah, to do it. They, I had to, yeah. The NHL has got to learn not to start these games when the sun's going to be. But, but how do they not? Issue. They announced this game a year ago. How did they not know where the sun was going to be at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon? Come on. Now, would it Wait, have been are better? you legitimately I, asking? I agree with you. No, no, oh, I agree with you. Oh, okay. I agree with you that this game, first off, I, I want to petition the NHL right now. All of these outdoor games need to be held at night. Period. End. There's, there should be no day games, even even in the Winter Classic. Everything should be at night. Start dusk. 
start dusk, six, right? Six, like, six, six o'clock. 6.30, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sun's you don't have to deal with anything. All that. Yeah. There you go. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was pretty weird. But anyway, just getting kind uh, of turning the game on and being like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to end up missing most of the third and have to come back and watch the game, which is what happened, which uh, I, you know, I saw all the texts coming in and I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I just had to keep my phone down and it was it wasn't quite a uh you know like the US uh, Canada final Olympics win. Steve got the text uh like Jesus right Christ. before give it up right before the Otive game. What do you mean? Give that it was up. an amazing moment. Amazing moment. It's terrible. It, but <laughs> nevertheless, it was like I I never immediately thought of that. It's how I thought of the whole thing. I was like, oh crap. Anyway, so the festivities up leading up to it were, were fine. Like I, I watched, I had it on, but I was trying to do some things around the house when that was going on. Um, but I really enjoyed like how they were kind of incorporating all of the, the local celebrities and people in the game, you know, like around it and interviews and like all the just stuff minus the Jersey facts, which, you know, I get the game is in Jersey and obviously we are from Jersey, but like, and I get all those stuff. It's fine, but it didn't make sense in the context of a New York versus New York game. It was really strange when you think about it. Yeah, it's and, weird. Um, it's, it's almost like you know. when the game is in New Jersey and they do nothing but give New York facts on a regular basis. This is yeah. this was the opposite. It was weird. I don't know. It just to me, it just it made sense if Jersey the Devils were playing the Flyers. And it would have made a hundred percent more. Uh, well, sense quite to honestly, that, you know? I think what it is was they did so much production for that. That they just right. replayed it on Sunday. Now it was it was a small piece. Granted, you know it didn't it didn't um, have much to do. Just they kind of threw it in there, and uh, whatever it was, what it was. Um, but uh, outside of that, you know, uh, the game itself was was a great game um, through and through. And I know Tommy was lamenting early, but I knew that this was going to be a a light, high scoring game and dial. You you it. were just... on point in the first period. You said this thing yeah. has all the makings of a seven six game. That's what I said. It was close. It was close. It was six five <laughs> overtime, but very very up there. I could just these two teams are. I don't know, man. Uh, I from the watching the first goal against Sorokin, you couldn't see the puck. It was you know maybe it was partially from the. Um, uh, being screened, but uh, I got the feeling that it might be really hard to see some of those high shots with the everything around. Like when they look up, they're seeing such different things, and the perception's all off. I'm like, man, long shots are just gonna dominate this game. Is what it felt like, you know. So that's why it, I had that it, feeling. You know, Nick, it it wasn't even the sun glare coming off of the ice. It was the yeah. sun glare coming off of like the press boxes. It yeah, was too. that high coming down. Yeah. And it had gave the ice and to me all around the rink like an orangey glow that yeah. it was very difficult for, for both of these goaltenders. Sorokin and yeah. Igor, I mean, it was they, they were in a no-win situation that first period. Yeah, and I mean, you can say a lot about that in the high scoring, but there was a lot of shots on net. I mean, I think it was like 41 to 38 or something in the end in terms of shots on each side. And, and there was a number of power play goals. I mean, it was... It, they they were fine. It's just and it, with all the conditions, I mean, it was crazy. Um, so, but anyway, I really liked how they, they incorporated some of the celebrities during the game to come in and think behind the bench, the one of the goals, goalie goals, and like have them interview. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, Patrick Wilson was being interviewed, uh, and he's out of nowhere goes ah, like just freaks out. 
because like uh, Rangers, you know, almost made had a Olympic goal, and it was like hilarious because you're like, oh my god, just like totally just a normal dude just freaking out in the middle of an interview, like doesn't even care. It's like you know, um, that kind of stuff was fun, and uh, I think they should kind of lean into that maybe. Like, hey, maybe you should like offer, you know, teams should start offering free tickets to celebrities and be like, hey, come here, we'll give the red carpet treatment, and then give us a sixty second interview during the game, and. That's it. Just get some some additional, you know, you know, uh, social media blow up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, why not? Even what ABC was doing, even with Emily Kaplan, who, uh, who I reached out to um, and didn't get a response because I wanted her to come on the show tonight. Obviously, um, no response. But anyway, um, I thought even her interviews were were great. Not not that they aren't typically, but yeah, with with the commissioner. And you know yeah. a couple other players that that she had out there with Matt with even with, with Trottier and and you know yep. Podman sucks, you know I thought the whole thing was was really cool. Yeah, and they did that. They they did the whole you know hey uh you know special announcement you know Trots and Podman they're they're we're gonna host the All Star game in twenty twenty six and in yeah UBS congratulations. Like, I'm like hey that's a pretty cool thing to do during the thing you know and get the great guys to do it like that kind of stuff is like all right that. That makes sense. I like when that you. It's when, better than the fucking studio guys and announcing it. Yeah, right? nobody cares about those <laughs> yeah. guys, you know. Doing a big event, you know, and I think and yeah, it was that was really good. I really enjoyed that. I seemed to be fine, which was you know probably a whole yeah, um, a whole. I think in both production. games the ice was was great. Yeah. It was. I mean, no complaints and like just with all the conditions, you're like, man, it's it's got to be a challenge. And I guess they learned over how how to do this over time. Because I remember, I think it was like the the one game, the outdoor game. I think it was in what you in uh, like not like Placid, uh, Lake Tahoe, Lake, Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. They, they had problems during the, the during the game, right? They had to stop for a bit because it was like the, it got yeah. bad. And they had to like wait till it got cool, it got dark out, and then they could you know resurface it and everything. So like yeah, that but oddly enough, when it, it when good. the stadium series is at Dodger Stadium, I don't recall them having a lot of issues with the ice. In that yeah. game, and which which they started at night, which is what is the right move? Yeah, but I don't recall yeah. them having issues with the ice out there. Yeah, and then uh, my la- other favorite thing, I think, and I think you nailed it. There was like no commercials during that whole <laughs> entire like first period. It was awesome. Like, well, I I, I think I think the power play has really fucked their their shit up. It it made it, but that was great. That was really great. Um, you know, and I think. Uh, Outside of the outcome, I had a great time watching the game. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I did have to catch up in the like rewatch the last part, which was kind of shitty. But I didn't spoil myself while I was going back and like to the ESPN app. I even accidentally hit the beat it back and got out, and then I went. To, I couldn't go back into that into the the game because it ended, and I'm sitting there like, oh no, am I about to find out that we like we won or lost, and I can't. And then I went back, and it was it was already moved down to the like. Completed games thing, so I go into there and I go all the way from you know minute minute one all the way back up to where I was and but I didn't get spoiled. It was actually kind of nice. That I didn't get that screwed up. But anyway, that was that was what I liked about the game. Tommy, I'll let you kind of talk through. Yeah, listen, a, a lot of a lot of the same things, Nick. That I think I think yeah. we 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 both liked. Um, I. I they should never let football players talk on live TV oh ever again. The Giants and Jets, I, I mean, what were we doing? 
It was it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, how strange was it to see Barkley and a backup quarterback there, DeVito, <laughs> who's never going to play another down as a starter unless somebody gets hurt. I'm sorry, but that guy's not good. No, he's It'd not. It'd be a tough sell. I agree. Welcome to the you know, fucking Italian <laughs> things got going on. Fuck that guy. They weren't even Asian. They were reading off of like index cards, not even like a teleprompter. It was right. unbelievable how poor yeah. that that was, how poorly conceived that was. <laughs> um, I, it's an Islander home game. Treat yeah. it as an Islander home game. Don't play the Rangers goal horn when they score. Don't let Messier come out and drop the puck. Don't do that. This is an Islander it's, home no, game. No, it's, it's a it celebration of New No, I, I disagree. It's a I, celebration no, but it, of it's, New York. This is the Islanders they are played, losing are losing a home game because of this. We are, um, but they're not losing a home game. They got you know, they get more share of the ticket sales. This is better yes. for them yes, they do. economically. Sure. Just celebrate New York. I don't know. I, I didn't they, I didn't like that. They did play Should've an goal. Islander home game both horns when either team scored. So it wasn't just, you know, Rangers or Islanders. And it does, it made sense, I guess. I, I kind of like it, honestly, because I feel like it wasn't really, I feel like it's just called like a neutral game. I don't understand. I, I get it, you have to be a home in a way, but like neither, it's just strange because the Rangers are like 70 to 80% the fans are Ranger fans there. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it's, it's really, if we want to be honest, it's really a Ranger game, you know, and that that was that was it. They should have actually been like all, all of them were, except for the one in Philly. Yeah. But even even the one in Philly, there was still a ton of Ranger fans there. But at okay. the drop of the puck with with Messier and Trottier, I mean Messier, don't don't fucking hold his hand and walk out with him. And you were like holding like he was like eighty, and you were trying to help him onto the ice. He's he's fine. Trottier was fine walking by himself. Don't hold his hand on the way out. Okay. Does um, it surprise you that they both wore era specific jerseys for them and they didn't wear like stadium series jerseys out on the ice? I, I like that. I like yeah, that they wore that, that. those. Yeah. yeah. I, I did I really didn't think about it until you just said it. And I, I was I was kind of okay with that. Okay. Kind of okay with that. But I like Nick. I did miss some of the third period. Um because we had to go out to dinner. My in-laws are in town. So we went out to dinner at around six 30 and the game was still going on. And I got in the car and on the radio broadcast on Sirius XM, which sports USA was Pat Foley and Eddie O. Um, that was the old uh, Blackhawks uh, announcers. And that was, it was really good. Pat Foley was, was, was since retired, came out of retirement just to do this game with Eddie O. And I thought they were sensational on the radio uh, calling the game. So I thought that was that was really cool. Um, other than that, they got they gotta they gotta start the game later. Six o'clock. I think we hit the nail on the head with with a great yeah. starting time, especially for these you know quote unquote late winter type of of stadium series games. Um, but but I let think, me but just once... touch on that. Let me just touch on that. Yeah. Eight o'clock. I mean, you guys started at eight o'clock. Eight right? o'clock is too fucking late. <laughs> Those people weren't getting home till one, one thirty, two o'clock. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's all, it's like going to a football game. I mean, it's a billion people, so it sucks having to leave those things. I, I mean, I don't know. I think you're, I think you're right though. It's got to start later. I mean, yeah, it's a time. Saturday night. Who really cares? But ultimately, that you know, 
Yeah, that yeah. Saturday night game, they wanted prime time. They wanted it to be eight o'clock. That there was no way it wasn't gonna be. But I I even tolerated the uh the broadcast, even the uh, the studio guys and and the and the announcers with McDonough and Ferraro. I thought they were okay. Listen, the only I'm very critical of Sean McDonough as as a hockey announcer, but he he has to know when a puck hits the iron or not. He he has no idea when the puck hits the iron. the 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 referee will do this when the right. puck hits the iron. Okay. Um, but I I thought they I thought they were pretty good. I thought they were pretty good on the call. Um, now as far as the game itself. Um, I think we can we can agree that the first period, man, that was uh, and and the Rangers were notorious for for getting off to slow starts, especially in the past like it seems two months, um, they've been getting off to slow to slow starts. But they got the first one in this game, one nothing, and it was one of those goals. You're just from the point, let it fly and and see what happens. And the depth perception, I think the glare, I think a lot had to do with that first period and getting settled and, and Rangers take a one nothing lead uh, on a, on a shot from the point by Gustafson. Um, but then it was fucking just all Islanders after that. Yeah, it was, it was a very much a, a just dominant performance for the first, I wouldn't even say just for the rest, for the, a good chunk of the, the rest of the first. And honestly, they just play their game real well all the way through the second, and it just was a very solid, you know, uh, all-around play. I felt they dominated a lot of the play. They got goals from uh, Horvat, Barzal, um, Nelson, Lee. They were just getting the goal. The guys were scoring. The guys just needed to score, and I think Barzal's goal was the best one of all of them. He had a ridiculous tip-in that just, you know, just get your stick on it, and man, it was a beaut. Got right, and there was nothing that Igor could do on that one. I was like, "Come on, man!" And I think that was a good reason why that you know the uh, Lovey like called a timeout at that point. I think it was I think it was after that. Oh call. yeah, and I was shocked he called a timeout. He never fucking does shit like that when he yeah. should do shit like that. Yeah, that was that was the right play. I was glad to see he didn't you know switch out uh, Igor because you know mm. some of those goals weren't really him. I mean, you know, I think the Horvat goal was a long shot. Listen, the Horvat goal was all on him. Definitely. That was him. You know, I, I agree. But not everything was him. And I, I felt like, you know, it's just one of those things you got to feel out and see how it's going. And I'm glad they didn't uh, pull him because it was the right move. You know, just call a timeout. Get everybody right. No, and, and listen, back into as it, the know? game progressed, you know, as, as <laughs> we credit the, you know, the, the Rangers win, um, not only to Mayfield, but more to, yep. to Igor kind of keeping him in Ouch. there. Keep him in there. No, um, it, it just I agree. And then you know penalties, dumb penalties by Mayfield, absolutely killed us. And you know I really had no idea your brutal. PK was that bad. Yeah, it's bizarre because we've had a great PK for the last you know decade almost. And uh, it's the Islanders. Year, I, I thought that was like notorious. Yeah, I don't know what's happened. They can't figure it out. It's like they've just they don't know how to PK now, and it's um it's brutal. But even but more so than that, it's just you can't put yourself in that position. And, um, you know, Mayfield put, you know, two penalties in the last 10 minutes. The second penalty was the killer because that's the one that, you know, obviously got tied up on. I mean, it's you're, you're playing a, effectively a six on four with an empty net. You're going to score pretty much in that scenario. And it was it was uh, a great shot. I think was it Benajad scored that one, I think. If I remember correctly. Who scored that one? Yeah, but but before you get there, you get it. You get it. Yeah. You get a power play in the second period by by Trocek who kind of just had a stick out in front of him and Panarin just kind of hit it 
and yep. just happenstance it just hit his stick and uh and got deflected you know past Sorokin who played it I thought played a really solid game um, and then at the end end of the second period you get one there and now you got a little bit of momentum going into the third period and Trocek yep. was able to 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 really stuff a stuff in a, well. a puck from the, uh, from the side of the net you know you know um Lafreniere and Trocek both on the side of the net trying to bang away at the puck and it just flutters over Sorokin uh, for, you know, you're down now one going to the third period as opposed to down two. It's in much better position, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to say, Trocek really changes a little bit of the flow of that game. He can't, and even I think at the end of the period, if I remember correctly, he was like yapping and getting all heated. I think at a, <laughs> well, he was know, yapping he was, with Romanov. Yeah, they got the the that like a little like not fight, just double roughing, you know. And yeah. it was smart because you get you know Romanov off, and you know that that I think that's an advantage for them because it it takes you know Isles top pairing splits them up, and you know uh, plus just got them you know uh, got the energy going outside of the of the first fight we didn't even talk about, which you know first game in an NHL career gets an immediately in the I, first. I first know. I'm looking at my notes going. Damn it! I didn't talk about red feet. We talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a dude! A six. I when I saw there was like this kid was going to play. I was like, that's awesome playing first game. I didn't realize he's six seven, and just a monster. And, you know, and look, they was... didn't bring him up just to fight Matt Martin. Uh, yeah, he yeah. said in the in the in the post game um, interviews that you know Martin kind of gave him the eye and warm up, so he kind of knew it was coming. But he, they didn't call him up just to fight him because they got Enstrom, who's just as tall and just as physical as Rempe. So they got these trees on the fourth line now, um, you know, and Barkley Goudreau's what, six, two, six, three. And he looks like a freaking toddler standing in between those two trees. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I wish, I thought I read that differently that, that Martin said, uh, or no, that Rempe said he was, he was like eyeing people up while he was in the warmups. And then Martin, you know, during that, after the first goal was like, Hey, you want it? Like, you know, yeah, you, you, you could figure it. Right. I mean, he, it's fine. He figured that, like, he's like, he, you know, get out of the way early. He didn't like, he knew the kid was was getting one to fight, and he's like, good timing to do it. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And they fought. And that kid, you know, held his own pretty well. And, you know, that was a good, that's a good thing to do. And, you know, your first game, right? Get a big fight and 80,000 people watching it. It's great. Um, yeah, first player in, in yeah. NHL history to have his first NHL debut at an outdoor game. What a, what a stat for the yeah. trivia books. Mark that down, Bill. Mark that down. Friends and Rivals, the trivia book. <laughs> but, I, you know, but in it, beginning of the third period, the Islanders go up 5-3. Um, uh, I'm not – I don't recall who scored the goal. But oh, I, wow. I thought the game was was over at that point. Uh, right. It was ah, the play in, yeah. in the corner where Lingwin went down. Romanoff yeah, on the follow-through. Yeah, yeah. Total. total at that point, I thought play. that was game, set, match. We were done for. Mm. Mm. Uh, then there was just a, a you know they, they turned their momentum around some penalties got the that next goal and then it just that was it they it, it's a two goal lead once they changed it around and you know obviously we saw it happen with uh the penalties with mayfield um and then the game tying goal but uh overtime obviously quick overtime wait wait we didn't get to overtime yet we still got two goals oh to talk my about. god jesus christ <laughs> killing me this well, look, in the, 
the the play between Trocheck and Romanov really you know put put everything on four and four, and then the Rangers get a a four on three power play which turns into a five on three when they pull the goaltender, and you know Kreider with the action in front you know makes it five four, and now you got a little bit of life, but then man Mayfield taking that penalty I mean, that that that's a that's I, I don't know even know what to say I I felt I felt third bad penalty for you. in the game. Third bat, third period in the, in the game. He, you know, for him, and second tripping call in the last ten minutes of the game. I mean, it's just inexcusable. You got to have control your, your your stick, even if you know. I I read something that like maybe he lost an edge before his stick got there, but I don't care. It, it's you can't have yourself in that position, man. It's brutal. You can't. I, have I, I was looking for right that there. specifically, and and because I, yeah. I thought Lafreniere maybe dove or something, especially since because right. of the reaction by Wah, but. It wasn't. Right. His blade got right in there. That's what I thought when I saw the replay. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's just, you can't do it. It's just so bad, you know. Um, is what it is, man. You know, he's going to. Yeah. But yeah, even even Bill Texan, you know, even on the, the the ensuing power play, the Rangers pulled the goaltender prior to getting possession of the puck, which I thought was a huge mistake, and it almost was almost a big happened. mistake yeah. because the Islanders sent one down the length of the ice, and by, that didn't miss by good. much of sealing that game for an Islander victory. Um, but they missed, and the Rangers come back down and score uh, as a Banajad goal, um, a power play goal with a little over a minute to go, sends the game to overtime, and just the weirdest fucking goal you'll ever see in overtime. Ten seconds into overtime. But I, I get the pass coming across that you shouldn't pass. I don't you, get that pass. What the fuck was he doing? Everybody yeah, I, knows I, I, that. I, I do understand bad that. Pass. Bad pass. These guys uh, get. I, you know, sometimes I these can't even defend guys. <laughs> you skill guys in overtime get get too comfortable with some of that shit. And you know what? Panarin is was right in the right spot. And he knocked it down. I mean, that's not you're not supposed to make that pass. And what a play! You know, Panarin made that fucking happen. And not only did he knock it down, but he. You know, stick handled it, got around, and somehow got that shot off with a diving. Um, I I think I think it was Barzal's diving across, if I remember correctly. Here. And no, it was off. it was Dobson diving across. You know, Barzell. I've seen that yeah. replay about a billion times since it happened, okay. right? Yeah. But the Barzell, when when Panarin had the puck high in the slot, right when he's about to shoot it, it almost seems like Barzell kind of peeled off. And was waiting for the Islanders to get the puck and and have a breakout, which yeah. kind of seemed odd to me. But I don't whatever. know, man. It was it was just they, I think they treated too nonchalantly. Clearly, you know, it, it just it's like guys, you got it's a it's an overtime game, but you got to treat like a playoff game. You know, protect the puck, protect your zone, zone, and you know, a fluky goal like that, you know, happens. But you know, it was a good goal. Like that was going in, I, but I have never. I don't. Off. I can't recall seeing a goal. It, it's so when rare. the net was off the morons, because because it's <laughs> it's just so rare that happens. Like the timing of, of a guy knocking knocking it off, and the puck going over, you know, right right after like that. It's just it usually gets but blown. It built, it built it in text and said, "Yeah, this is going to be a good goal." I've been like, "But there's no way this goal stands." The the, oh, the net's off yeah. the morons. As soon as it happened, like for a few years, that I don't know when they when they change that rule, but yeah. like it, it, it's not purely when the when the when the uh, uh, post goes off the the moron um, anymore. It's it's if the if the continuation Bill, Bill, of that play, play results into in this the, moron the puck thing. going don't, into the 
going over the line, you know, it's a good goal. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's been in, in place for a while because I remember hearing about it, but I hadn't. Maybe I've seen it once. I, I just, it's just never happens because they almost always blow called dead. Yeah, neck gets blown off usually. This was like it got hey. knocked off, but the puck was like already on its way and just you know crossed over. But hey, that was a wild play. That was a wild way in the game. I really like how they just ended. How they how they kind of announced it though because they were like they went straight to it like. It's a good goal, and you're like, yeah, yeah but even, know? and I'm like, but even the oh. announcers and, and even Ferraro was like, I, I don't know. He had a. This was the first time in the history of the fucking official on the broadcast that he actually provide some expertise. It's the first time I've ever seen it happen, uh, and and Dave Jackson's and he certainly uh, provided the explanation on why it was a good goal. Um, yeah, but listen, this job. is the year of the continuation of the play, right? We saw it earlier in the year, um, and now we're gonna see, now we see it in the in the stadium series. So this is to me, this is the year of the continuation play. Maybe we'll see it in the playoffs too. Who knows? But it was um, it was a great solid team win for the Rangers to come back from a four one deficit. It was the first time yeah. in state in outdoor game history that the team has ever come back from a, a three goal deficit. Um, and the Rangers now five and zero in in outdoor games, unbelievable. Crazy, 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 crazy. But I was really, I was kind of surprised that they they had other games scheduled as the Stadium Series game was going on. I get it's not the Winter Classic. I understand all that, but this is like a national, big time game, and I I just figured the NHL wouldn't schedule anything around it. But not only did they schedule a game around it, they schedule a fucking one of the greatest players in the history of the sport have his fucking jersey retired during the game. So that's Bill, that, more, that, Bill, I think Bill, that's that more the Penguins shit. doing that. You know, it's not like that got the, the jersey retirement didn't get planned. Yeah, that, you're right. As that was long the ago right. as the stadium series did. That's the Penguins just being fucking sour grapes wanting their little slice of attention, too. I Well, sour I don't grapes. necessarily agree with that. Well, the the stadium series game got pushed back. I, I think they were planning to have everything kind of start on the heels of the stadium series ending, but it but the, the start of the game got pushed back, then went to overtime, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so I think that that's where they, they kind of interfered with one another. Okay, I, fair I, enough. I missed the ceremony myself because I, what was I going to do? Was I going to watch a ceremony or watch a really good uh, stadium series game? So, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they, <clears throat> the pens. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm still have my cough. Um, really? Jesus. Only, and you've had this thing for like four weeks now. I know, but they've downgraded it to stage two cancer. Now I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to beat this. So, uh, <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Penguins had, you know, uh, the the uh, the Yager ceremony, and and uh, I, I want to do like a little bit of a history lesson today because, uh, Ooh. you know, the Penguins are history pretty much their season's history, so why not just look at history? Um, so Yager became the third player to have his jersey retired. First one was Mario Lemieux. Uh, well, first one was actually Michel Briere, and then the second one was Mario. Lemieux. Do you guys know the story of Michel Briere and and uh, that? That player that most people never heard of that has his jersey retired for some reason. He got hit in the head with a puck while watching the game. And they had close. to put the nets up. 
close. So uh, yeah, that- Briere was a Briere was a, a rookie in 1969. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait <laughs> what's his last name? His last name is Briere. Briere, no relation to the. Did, to the, did he push a, a kid down the, the stairs with his fucking wheelchair? Uh, okay. That no, no relation, no, no relation to those shitty flyer beers. It would be that that would be a reason to retire his jersey, I guess. It's a common, it's, it's a common it's enough uh, name in speaking uh, Canada. Um, but no, before before there was uh, Pele Lindbergh and before there was Danley Heatley, there was Michelle Briere. Uh, so Michelle Briere, <laughs> did he kill somebody in a car? Himself was a oh. was a rookie in nineteen sixty nine seventy. Um, and had come through the Quebec uh, junior ranks. He, he played 150 games in Quebec junior, uh, you know, in the late 60s. 450 points uh, in, in 150 games. So, and in his last year wow. in junior, 70, he set a record 75 goals in uh, in 50 games there, um, which was later broken by Guy Lafleur uh, later on. So, uh, I mean, hell of a, a player in junior. Uh, made his debut with the with the Penguins in the sixty nine seventy. Um, did he didn't put up huge numbers, but he was you know a a twenty year old rookie scored something like fifty five points, um, and and really caught fire in the playoffs that season. Scored like five goals in ten games and uh, pushed the Penguins you know as far as they had ever gone in, in their history at that point. Um, and then in the off season he uh, he crashed his muscle car. Uh, in his hometown uh somewhere near his hometown and passes away um and uh and they and they did retire his number and and that's that's the story of michelle Breer. so what what's what's his number 20 what was his number 21 number 21 yep um so yager uh and and then the yager you know uh jersey retirement obviously his legend i mean everybody you know knows his place in the game second all-time leading scorer uh we all grew up watching him, uh, and, and I mean, just an amazing, amazing player. Um, I, I, one thing, but another thing that I didn't know uh, was that a lot of people really think that one goal that he scored uh, kept the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, we we all know like the story of of the bankruptcy and Lemieux uh, taking over the team, and and uh, and and very being you know being very close to to moving the franchise and. And we all know that, you know, Crosby came in and, and really the, the franchise kind of solidified under, under Lemieux's uh, ownership uh, in that Crosby era. But even before that, just before Lemieux took over as owner in, in 99, um, the, uh, the Penguins had uh, gone to the playoffs and, and things were looking really bad. They were about to go bankrupt. Um, there was talk of them moving and and they snuck into the playoffs with the eighth seed. They took on the New Jersey Devils, um, and so it was a one versus eight playoff. Uh, you know, as as we did then, you know, people generally anticipated the Penguins would get, get bounced pretty early. Um, but uh, in Game Six, with the Devils up three to two, <coughs> three games to two, uh, and with the and with a one goal lead, Yager scored with about three minutes left in the third period to tie. Um, and then the game went to overtime, and, and Yager scored in the overtime to push it to a game seven. They upset the Devils in seven games, and and a lot of people go back to that to that game against the Devils, that goal in overtime, uh, thinking that that really could have possibly saved the Penguins franchise if they had gone out quietly. They they think it could have been a different story uh, with the with the waning support for the team. So, I mean, just couldn't be like a bigger player in the game than than Yager. 
um, and finally getting his number retired with the Penguins, uh, which I guess they were waiting for him to retire or, or be somewhat inactive. The guys just played forever. And, and really we're, we're at the point, you know, there's, there were so many rumors that Penguins fans started about Yager returning over the last several years, just for the shits and giggles of, of watching like legitimate media, you know, uh, uh, outlets try to pick it up and, and push it as a real rumor uh, so that they could just giggle to themselves. So, I mean, seriously, though, at this point, Gensel's gone. Why do I want to watch Matthew Phillips, who they just picked up from from Washington, uh, or or Vinny Hinch-Stranoza? You know what? Fucking sign up Yager. 52 years old. <laughs> Gordy Howe played when he was 51. I, I legitimately would put Yager in there. The Penguins have nothing to play for for the rest of the season. It's over. The night of Yager's jersey's retirement ceremony, they took a one-goal lead into the third period. They were trying to make this one goal lead last the whole game that, you know, uh, uh, the first goal that LA scored in the third period was innocent enough. Cause I mean, I think uh, Raquel went down to block it and it like deflected off of him and, oh, well, it went in. It was, a, you know, just a shitty, shitty chance goal. But the second goal, the goal that the Kings won on was just like another fucking shitty, lazy pass. I don't even remember who did it. Cause I turned off the TV immediately. Like whoever fucking on, they're on the power play. They're trying to, to, to get the, the game back. And, and somebody just made another one of those passes, trying to pass through somebody like, like we were talking about in the, uh, in, in the, in the stadium series game, you know, don't be fucking lazy, carry the fucking puck in, beat somebody, find somebody who's open, like established possession. Don't, don't just say, Oh, I, I think maybe I could pass it through this person. So the King, you know, the Kings take it back. They, they score, they, they beat the Penguins and, and it's all over. I mean, it's been over for them for a while, but that's just the kind of play that they've been making this season. I'll watch Yager over the shit. So, like, uh, the Penguins, you know, they're... they're. I'm going to say, you know, Crosby's obviously had a great year. Um, I like what... I, I love Lars Eller. I didn't know that how much I would love Lars Eller when they signed him. He's such a great leader. He's such a... He's he's such a professional, and uh, and he's brings it every night. Um, didn't realize, you know, the kind of player that they were getting him. Great great guy but like Crosby Eller Marcus Pedersen who's had a great year and the goaltenders who I was shitting on last year but the goaltenders have been really solid every other guy in that lineup just has to look at you know in the mirror and say man I, I did I didn't bring it as, as much as I could this year they just didn't care enough to not make these kind of stupid mistakes so uh that's it that's that's what I'm gonna say on the Penguins listen I I I think they care I do honestly I think they care it's I, I don't know what what to say because there there are some times where I see Rangers making lazy passes and even you know the past two months where they haven't been so crisp when a pass comes across it seems to just bounce off of somebody's stick and it's not a clean play and now it goes back the other way you know you see things like that and I just don't necessarily think it's it's caring because uh, I I think every player in the NHL cares at, at up to a, a certain point. Um, I, I don't know what it what it is. Maybe it's chemistry. Maybe it's timing. Maybe maybe it's a number of different things. But you know, things just didn't work out right this year in Pittsburgh. That doesn't mean next year that they're not going to get the breaks that they didn't get this year, especially with injury. I think it's a tale. It's just like the the same story the Devils got going on. You know, last year they just played off their asses, and then this year just things aren't going their way. They've been hit by the injury bug. Goals that were going in aren't just aren't going in this year. So it could happen to anybody. 
that's funny because like because you can see a lot of teams in the on the bubble or like in the back of the bubble like the penguins are like but uh that this season like somebody somebody's got to emerge out of that group and make the playoffs it's not gonna be the Penguins, but somebody's got to like join god help us i thought the flyers would fall out of this thing by now but the flyers are gonna make it because none of these other teams like the 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 islanders are, are aren't you know aren't clicking on, the, on all so all of our teams except for Thomas right. first place Rangers yeah, yeah. um really have left a lot on the first table place Rangers yes and somebody's gonna make it like out of attrition uh but yeah somebody you know they're, they're just not seizing the moment yet I mean it's we're almost no. in there. You, you look at you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning when I was I was in in Tampa downtown this weekend uh looking at tickets to that game for them versus Florida they were astronomical for that game in Tampa. It was like 200 bucks for upper deck. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, yeah, because you were going to see and the Panthers and the Panthers Panthers whooped them. (laughs) It it wasn't even a game. Um, And you look at Detroit is probably, is it Detroit? Is it the Devils? Is it the Islander? Who's going to stumble in at the, at the eighth seed? Depends on how long Fitzgerald sits on his fucking hands. If he make a move and get a fucking goalie, we could really see if this team can make a push. Well, they they where, talked where about is, Markstrom, right? And now it's now it's UC Soros. Well, Markstrom it, Markstrom apparently is not a dead deal. It's not a dead issue. They're still see touching base on that. They're touching base on Hannafin as well with Calgary. So the conversation is still ongoing. But Nashville is two points out of a playoff spot. Why would they trade their fucking number one goaltender? Because they've got a stud ready to go. Yeah, but sometimes those stud ready to go guys just doesn't work out. But I I don't know. Let me add, so so we talked last week about the uh the unwritten rules of hockey. Is there an unwritten it, rule? Right? We talked about the slap shot into the empty net. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Dick. Is there an unwritten rule? that your team is up five to two and you get a power play with less than two minutes to go. Put your third you or fourth line guys on out the power there. play. Now nah, you put your third or fourth guy, fourth line guys out there. You, so my you opinion, don't that's put, what I would do. You don't put Alex yeah. Ovechkin out. Unless he's a traffic uh, the, record. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a different story with Ovechkin. I, I can see from their perspective, like Nick said, he's trying to break a record. I mean, not in, not in this game. <clears throat> no, but, no, but any goal after, for Ovechkin is going to fucking help him. So that's me. not an unwritten rule, though. So they get away with it. They get a pass. No, it is. Because it's, it's Alex a, Ovechkin. It's sort of like a, a faux pas, right? Like, you shouldn't do it. And they did anyway because it's... Did he score on the power play? You know? Yeah. With, did Ovechkin score on the power play? 1927 of the third period. Oh. <laughs> I would be I would be just as upset as you are. That would that would have pissed me off. Nah, fuck that. He should have fucking been out there and he should have fucking scored. I think you fucking score whenever you can score. Because everybody knows it's true. That you don't score until you score. Okay. Right. Logic makes it makes sense. Really? Yeah. Right. Nobody? Uh, well, nope. No, no, I know. It's it's American well, Pie. I get it. Say it though. Um, it's okay. I remember that. Was that was that cool from American Pie? Really? Now yeah, we're it was just gonna have to, Now we're just gonna have to go with to, to trivia with Bill. Yeah, well, it's yeah. to see them. 
Yuck. No, this is the wrong bell. Which Calgary Flames goaltender had three assists? Jacob Markstrom. One game. Jacob Markstrom. That, that is incorrect. Jacob uh, Markstrom. Uh, you can keep saying it, but it's gonna. I, I think I know it, but I don't want to. I don't want to say it yet. Um, <clears throat> hey, Calgary, put us out of our misery. We're, we're trying Calgary to get to a tight forty-five. Chris Osgood. <laughs> no, nah, it was Chris. the other. It was the other one. It was Mike, Mike Vernon. Vernon. Not Mike Vernon. Was it Mike Vernon? Mika Kiprasov. Weeks. Me, uh, Mika Kiprasov is on the multiple choice and is incorrect. Nice. Kevin Weeks was not the was not the guy. Huh. He played in Calgary. Who oh, fuck knows, Nick? Come on. <laughs> He's like Yager. He played on a fucking shitload of teams. Yeah, it's probably easier everywhere? to name to, to name the teams he wasn't on. I don't know who else. I don't know who else played goalie there. Uh. Uh, Dominic Hashik. Uh new. Yeah, I think I'm out. I'm, I'm out of Calgary goaltenders oh. that I know played there. <laughs> do you want to sure like, oh, is this a or do you want to was this a note of like would would we know this player's name when you say Yeah, but I don't I don't know that he was ever I I don't feel like he was ever really like a starter. I I mean I'm I kind of remember him bouncing around a lot as a backup goaltender. With Mike, Jamie uh, McLennan? No. Van Beesbrook. John Van Beesbrook. No, Van Beesbrook was clearly a starter. Yeah. Somewhere. I've definitely heard the name before, but not, you know. Cristobal like, Huey. No, sir. No. No. I don't know what I don't work no for French, so I'm guessing it's no. It's yeah, it's just no. It's just no. no. I can give a hint, or I can, or I can start saying. Uh, hint us, hint us. There's a hint. I'm going to give a hint. I don't usually yeah. give hints. You got your peanut butter and my chocolate. Jeff Reese. Jeff Reese is the guy. Nice. Jeff Reese would never guess Jeff that. Reese. Excellent, excellent fucking clue. Wow. <laughs> Jeff Reese. Jeff, three assists, huh? When did he? Wow. When was he playing? I don't even know that. I don't know that name actually. Is that eighties, nineties? Like no, late late nineties, early two thousands. Jeff Reese, Jesus Christ, yeah. that's tough. That was, that was a tough one. All right, let's go to uh, money talks with Nick. Money, 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 money. Sorry, money. It's a gas. Grab that cash with both hands and make a stash. New plug, give a fuck, GM daydream. Think I'll buy me a hockey team. Uh, okay. I thought you played the theme song. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this guy's got a fucking... Village people record <laughs> outstanding. I'm at my I'm at my mom's house, man. I'm I'm going through the records. Uh, it's Bill, Bill's it's mom, huge standing. village people's fan, huge village people fan, and oh. originals Saturday Night Fever. Ooh. Oh Ooh. man, look at that! Wild. Anyway, all right. So, uh, 
the lead up to the deadline, I figured we'd talk a little bit about our teams uh, this next couple weeks. Uh, looking at uh, two teams a week, uh, I think I had like a good uh, idea for how we could kind of pair these up. Um, since two of our teams are in the same exact spot, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, and they actually played tonight. And the other two teams we'll talk about next week. So Billy and my teams, uh, the Islanders and Penguins, are effectively uh, not only are they both really like out of the playoffs, kind pretty much. I mean, Isles and Penguins had a went to overtime tonight. Isles won, but uh, it was another one of those games where they blew a lead by two goals, two goal lead, and uh, somehow managed to win it this time. Stops uh, didn't throw the puck in front of that, by the way. So that was probably <laughs> one overtime. Um, but anyway, uh, when I say they're kind of the same teams, they're both basically built the same way. They've been, for the last few years, both teams have been effectively trying to win a cup and been, you know, trying to load up their star players or, you know, core players uh, with, you know, trading for other guy, other stars or other very good players and really don't have much of a prospect pool. Uh, both teams are, Penguins are around average, like 27th. The Isles are ranked about 31st out of 32 teams in their prospect pool. Both teams have about, uh, Isles have three first rounders next three years. Penguins have two. One's conditional this year. Could be, uh, if it's top 10 protected, they would give up. If it's top 10 pick, they give up next year's. Uh, but they don't have like really a lot of, they don't have like extra picks really either. So either team in their second, third rounds. Um, and it's just, uh, they don't have, they're pretty much their farm clubs are kind of bare is the point. There's not a lot of prospects in the pool. Draft picks are kind of been traded for things and they have very little cap room minus what the penguins now have about 3 million in cap room with, um, uh, oh shit. Brain. Gunsel? Gunsel being, um, I don't know. Yeah. So they get a little cap space, but generally they both have like nothing. Yeah, I think with, yeah, the Penguins had like a hundred thousand or something. Isles were at like zero because Lou likes to, you know, spend every penny he can. Um, and uh, anyway, so both teams are really in the same boat. Um, they have a lot of pieces that they, we've been looking at and talking through. Um, and I kind of looked into a little bit more detail about you know what those teams look like and what's the difference of these two teams. Um, and I came up with a couple of things. One. Uh, the Penguins, while they have a kind of a core, it's it's not the same exact core. It's an aging core. Most of those guys are um, of the original core, and Crosby, Malkin specifically, have pretty much only a short period, you know, one and two years left on their deals. Um, you know, Riley Smith's got one year on his deal. Pedersen's got one year on his deal. Um, those guys aren't it, – it's hard to say who would actually come back to the team you know, once those are those contracts are uh, expire, especially Crosby, because you know it, we'll see what happens this week. I think uh, tomorrow is uh, there was a, and I think uh, uh, Dubas had said he's going to address the media on Wednesday, likely to figure out if they're going to. I don't know what that means really, but you know something about probably you know whether they're going to load up or not load up or. Uh, maybe he's got butt cancer. I don't know what his deal is. But anyway, my point is <laughs> they got they have some sort of, you know, I think they have to make a, a decision, right? Do they go all in or do they just start to retool? 
because they have a they don't the other guys they have is their I would say is their core, you know, outside of the the guys that are all expiring and Gunsoul who's already UFA and likely gone, um, is Brian Rust with you know five point one or so next four years, Rick uh, Ricard Raquel five over four years, Carlson ten over three, Latang six point one over four. You got Graves at four and a half over five, and Jari five and a half, five and a half or so over four, and that's not like out of those guys. Like I, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a great. Those are supporting. There's cast nothing mostly. attractive there. There's nothing you know attractive I mean? there. Yeah. There, I look at that and I, I try to think it any other way, and I just was like, man, I don't see how those guys. They're not really a core in that sense. They're just kind of the guys that that's you know were around. Crosby, Malkin, and you know, obviously they brought in Carlson, but he's not the same guy exactly. But um, anyway, long story short, it's it looks like they're going to have to figure out are they going to retool and try to build another couple of years around Crosby, who clearly is not going to go anywhere else. He would have gone somewhere unless they, they blow the team up completely somehow and he goes and says, you know, trade me somewhere, which, you know, we all know it's not going to happen. We know they made deals with with the three guys, Crosby, Malkin, and, and Carl uh, Latang, and, you know, does the, they're all going to retire Penguins. They're not going to go anywhere. So they're going to have to do, obviously, trade Gunsel, Gunsel for some, uh, probably a first and a prospect. Um, and maybe they make some moves and figure out how to you know, navigate with, like, Carlson or, you know, maybe they can trade him with, like, reten- you know, retention of uh, maybe, like, five mil reten- retained, uh, you know, uh, 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 salary or something crazy to like get out of that contract, but there's nothing. The good news though is there's nothing really long term. Everything they have is really a short period of time. They're going to be going to eventually a retool rebuild mentality, and there's nothing long term. Dubas had you know a setup like this in Toronto, and he left his he left Toronto pretty much when he uh, nobody was on anything past two years. It was just like anything could happen so that that even though like they they were they didn't win and they had all these ufas they had nothing extended so it was kind of a blank slate and i think it's interesting to look because if you can make a couple moves as the penguins they could retool a few, a few pieces maybe they pick up somebody in the offseason but they're not really they don't need to completely blow it up you always have crosby you still got malkin who's you know he's not the same guy but hey he's, he's malkin um and you can still make some things happen, but nothing's long-term. Nothing is bad. And you look at the aisles in their hand, and again, had no no farm system really to, to speak of. Uh, they haven't taken a draft of a pick in the first round for four straight years. Um, and so that really obviously means that, you know, it's a win-now state of mine. And, and that's they've, every year Lou's been trying to raid the pantry to get more guys to come in and try to be the savior or the guy that – makes that pushes them over the top and into the, you know, a deep run in the playoffs and hopefully a cup win. And on the aisle side, they have a clear, clear core. It's Barzal, Horvat, Sorokin, Dobson, Romanov. That's a clear, clear, uh, you know, two guys, each position and minus, you know, goalie, one guy. Um, I say Romanov as well, because he's like 24, the same age as, as Dobson. He's clearly been, um, I think he's the same age. Uh, but they basically, he's been a much improved guy. Uh, he's going to be a guy that they've been pairing with Dobson. He's, and they're going to be, you know, the top pair. That's it. They, those guys are, are clearly the one, two, uh, for us. And 
they've already put given these big contracts to Barzal and Horvat, uh, 9.2 and 8.5 over eight years. They're, they're locked up. Those two guys play together real well. I mean, they figured it out and, and those guys are, they're, they're a pair. They're, we're not separating them. Sorokin, eight by eight, 3.3. I mean, you got three guys that are locked up long-term, but they're very good in their prime. This is the, the core. The problem is they have all these other long deals. Lee is only seven mil for two more years, which isn't long, but it's it's seven mil. It's a lot. Pajot, five mil over two years. Sezikis, two and a half over three. Those are guys that are role players, all three of them. There's no, by no means do you look at those guys and say, these guys are, are what you need on your team to win a cup. Sezikis, I would say, yes, a couple years ago, He's hard, it's harder to stay in the lineup every year. He's an older guy. He's just the, the damage starts to accumulate. It's going to be tough to keep him in, a, in, in, in that role he used to play. And I just don't see it being the same guy. And then from there, you have uh, Pulak and Pellick are uh, signed six and a half or 6.2 and 5.8 over six and over five, five years each. I mean, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Uh, my favorite player, uh, Scott Mayfield, three and a half over six years, which is, brutal because he's going to be like 38 or 39 when he finishes his career. I think it's 38. I think it's going to be when he finishes that, that deal. Um, and then Engvall three by seven. And then we, now the problem is a lot of these guys are really those role players. And the difference is that you have guys that are just such long contracts. There's no flexibility for Lou to make many meaningful moves. He just signed Mayfield and Engvall to these, these long-term deals that don't make they're not a lot of money. However, you can't move them. No one's going to take Mayfield after watching that play. And he wasn't playing that strong anyway. Uh, and he's, he's basically stuck. Um, Engvall, so you're going to have to work it out with him. They have to figure out how to get his, his head back in the game. Um, Engvall, he's been a bit him – and, him and Mayfield have the same thing. They, signed these, they looked really good last year, signed big deals. This year they look like shit. And you got to figure both those guys out. You can't – have a guy like Engvall who's you know making three million a year forever, um, if he's not producing, and he's like going to be end up probably on the third line at some point, if he he can't figure out uh, how to get back into that that mode where he was really gelling with uh, Palmieri and uh, Brock Nelson. So uh, on the other side, they have notable UFAs. They have Mike Riley who they picked up for nothing. He's on like a one year one year deal uh, for one mil. Um, and then you have Nelson and Palmieri having one more one more year, six and six and five mil each. Um, and then obviously Dobson and Romanov are going to get big bonuses and, or big raises next year uh, when there are phase. So that's going to be stuff that they have to you know keep an eye on. Um, and it becomes how do you you know how, how do you retool this team? I think between the two teams, I think personally, it's going to be interesting because tonight was a pivotal game for both teams. Isles are kind of. I don't think Lou's going to give up. I think he's all in because his his career or just his uh, job kind of depends on it. And I, I don't think he can uh, make the team a seller. I've had them as borderline, both teams borderline uh, seller or buyer. I'm not sure which one, but I think tonight it's going to solidify the Isles are probably going to be the team that's going to try and push uh, either Detroit or the Lightning out of the, or even the Flyers out of that third, out of that eighth spot um because I, it's it's going to come down to them and the devils at this point maybe even the capitals uh i think the penguins are probably going to sell 
um, because at this point, obviously Gunsel Gunsel out is is kind of rough. They can get him back, but they're gonna be they're really struggling already to get to get that whole thing together. And they just they need to start looking towards next year. So in my view, I think it's it's gonna be really interesting to watch how these two teams, you know, which one you know tries to do the retool. I like I think I think Pittsburgh is gonna do it, and I think uh, I think the Isles are gonna try and buy and, and sell another. Another prospect or another, you know, first-round pick for another guy that's just going to be um, clogging up the uh, the the uh, the salary cap for the next uh, six or seven years since he won't. Since we all know that Lou's not going to trade for a guy that's a rental, he's only going to go for a guy that's a uh, a, uh, a term. So I'm not super sure. I'm happy about this whole thing uh, after doing this analysis because I'd rather be in Bill's shoes right now with the aging Crosby and Latang and those guys eventually retiring and right off in the sunset and leaving, you know, quite a bit of money, you know, for the penguins in a couple of years to just start, you know, working back into, uh, into getting a, a couple, you know, hopefully good players for them. Um, and it looks like they're probably going to you know, tank a little bit and Isles I think are going to just burn themselves more and more until Lou gets fired. I just don't see it happening any other way and it's it looks i'm hoping i'm wrong but i don't see the the benefit here it's looking it's looking pretty bad so that's my kind of like recap before the trade line for both teams I, I get the feeling we got a buyer in the aisles and the seller in the in the uh in pittsburgh um and uh we'll talk about the the uh devils and uh rangers next week yeah i'm, I'm gonna agree with uh with you there, Nick. I mean, I think Lou is, I think Lou's past the point of no return. Uh, I, I don't think he could do anything but keep trying to uh, to add and keep trying to to push that team to, to where he wants to get them. But there's nothing, I mean, he's, he, he looks, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't at this point. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think he's got to push, push all in. And the Penguins, I think Dubas is going to, I think Dubas, I think this is what Dubas wanted to do was to rebuild this team. And I think he had to throw a bone to the veterans when he came in and say, and he really did. He really did try to make moves to make the team better and to, and to get him back to the playoffs. Uh, but it didn't work. And, and now, uh, you know, now I think he's free to go uh, uh, any direction that he wants. And I think it's going to, I think they're definitely going to be selling. And I think guys like to your point, Russ and, and uh, Raquel and, and some of those contracts, which are out a few years, They'll have to, he'll have to make that decision like because he might get a piece for them. He might get something yeah. back for them in return. To get something, to get even value for them in return, he's going to have to retain salary on them uh, for he sure. Might. So, uh, but, and, but there's a lot of pieces they could move uh, if, yeah. he's, if he wants to retain salary for a little while and say, yeah, we're, we're not going to be real competitive in the next couple of years. But, the, but don't you think that those moves are more off-season moves and not actually deadline moves? Especially with with Raquel and Russ, you can see Gensel, you can see Jeff Carter, you can see like P.O. Joseph be be a deadline guy. They the very little term left, and you know they they need a new contract. But the guys yeah, with terms because what's the rush unless unless you do have a UFA coming? You know, there you don't have yeah. to you don't have to rush and, and make those. So like only if something really presents itself that that he really likes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like what happens if like Nashville, who's got a ton of prospects and draft picks, goes? You know what? We want to go make the push and they say, Hey, we'll, we'll take Carlson for like half, half his money for the next five, three years because penguins wouldn't, I don't think care because they Dubas is going to be 
trying to get as many assets over the next few years. And they're not going to be competitive as once they hit that threshold of being like, Hey, we're, we're going all in on a rebuild. And it's because Crosby's eventually going to be out of here. And, and then they're not going to rely on Gino and, and Latang to, to, you know, burden the, the hold the burden, right. They're going to, those guys are not going to be able to do it without Crosby. So at that point, they're going to be bad for a few years. It doesn't matter if you retain, you know, salary to yeah. move guys. And that's, exactly. that may be the only way he kind of can maneuver, but I feel like that might be a real big benefit for them to do that, to really kind of get some of that quicker retooling, because we all know nobody wants to sit through like four or five years of just top five picks. You know, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And, you know, Pittsburgh has uh, been lucky a few times in the draft. Maybe they can uh, take time again and get the right guy to come along. You know, it might happen. I mean, we'll see, but it's. But to to Bill's point earlier, though, there comes a point in time as a fan where you're just tired of the old guard and you'd rather see young kids who are actually in this lineup trying skating hard every single night. And and I think and and but you you know correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I I think Penguins fans are getting kind of to that point, to where they they want to see maybe the the old guard kind of go by the wayside. Maybe this was the last ditch effort. Maybe they got one more left, but you can't you can't withstand or sustain this for, over the course of the next three years. You, you gotta you gotta do something. It's either this year or next year where where things got to be broken down. I don't well, think you hey, can retool this lineup. Penguins fans have as many idiots as as every other fan base. I have to say, <laughs> I've seen a lot the last few days since that since that Kings game where you know uh, where they blew that game of people coming down on Sullivan and Dubas uh, and and pointing the finger at them. And I don't think that's right at all. I I I mean, you gotta you you just don't understand the sport if you're. It's one thing. It's one thing if you're if you're having trouble motivating a a young team. Yeah, you got to move on and find somebody else. Who's going to do it when you, this is a, this is a team that's veteran. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to point the finger at Sullivan for, for, you know, the, the lackluster play that, I mean, he's proven too much. It's ridiculous. No, I, I, I agree. All right. Let's go to this date. Steve's stomach. Oh, that feels better. Brought to you by Coca-Cola zero sugar. Uh, this one's going to bring us to the year of our Lord, 2014. Uh, please go to, what's the date of this? It's uh, December 29th, 2014. Barely, the, December, uh, barely December. <clears throat> yeah, but I, this is the, it, this is like a, like a multi-story article. So I think it's just, it's not the day that this actually happened. It's just the day that the story was released. There was no breakfast eaten on December 29th. Wow. Lunch was a Wegmans ham and cheese sub with a 20-ounce Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. 
Uh, there was ice skating and returns done in the afternoon. And dinner was confectionally yours with Tom and Lauren. Uh, a Reuben French fries Ooh. and a regular Coca-Cola classic. Uh, Tom, why did you pick Monday, December 29th in the year 2014? Uh, that was the day, obviously. Um, when it comes to, uh, there is a time and a place for everything. And when it comes to partaking in the horizontal dance with your partner, it goes without saying that a sunny afternoon atop a historical public fountain is not exactly ideal. However, for one Russian couple, it was the erotic encounter um, has enraged local authorities so much that they're on the hunt for the lovebirds. According to uh, 26-year-old Alexei Dukov, who filmed the incident on his mobile phone, the session, which happened in the city of Samara and lasted 15 minutes, Congratulations. Well, they 15 had to climb. minutes. They had to, well done. They had to climb to the top of the fountain first. <laughs> well, you think that was part of it? Yeah. It's uh, in, in, the, in the video, the woman can be clearly seen on top of a man who was lying uh, on his back on the fountain wall. The clip ends with the pair getting dressed before walking away whilst laughing. Um, I guess they were at it for about 15 minutes. And nobody did anything, even though it was 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they, uh, they were having full-on sex lying in the sun beside the fountain in Lilligrand Street. Uh, and they acted as if it was the most normal thing in the world. Wait, they were having sex? I thought they were doing a horizontal dance. <laughs> well, I think, I, think, I think that's another name for the sex. <gasps> I, I know, I know. Uh, it, the story does go on to say that the both people in the video did come. Um. So, I'm sorry. Was there a date? Like, I know you gave me December 29th as the date. Yeah. I'm guessing oh, yeah. Russia, <clears throat> December 29th. Yeah, I'm guessing this was in probably spring, summer. I hope so, because on a fountain, it might be a little cold. Maybe the reason why nobody complained was because it was December 29th in Russia, and it was fucking freezing out, and nobody wanted to be outside. Wait a minute, I'm so sure they Russia, get the what? warm days. Wait, where in Russia was it? What was this? What was this town? Um, Zamunda. <laughs> wasn't <No>. Zamunda? <laughs> uh, the city of Samara. Samara. Russia. Yeah, yeah. Where where do we is it anywhere near Siberia? Da, 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 da. Well, it's more southern. It's toward <laughs> Kazakhstan. Oh, okay. That's uh, still kind of close. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Damn. My wife. <laughs> Time's a creep. Time is a weirdo. Where does he come up with the shit? It's so disgusting. 
Rangers beat the Stars this Pretty evening. Good for you. Awesome. Spectacular. <laughs> Those got fucking crushed by the Capitals. Eesh. One step well, forward, you... two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. You get to play the Rangers on Thursday. You fucking you guys leave get, guys. You know, your Stanley Cup on Thursday. Luke Hughes leaves leaves guys wide open on the crease and is shocked when they score. I, I don't know. Wait, what do you think of uh, Nigel Dawes? Think he's the he's the answer I, in goal? I don't I don't know if he's the answer, but he's the best option they got right now. He's better than he's better than Schmidt's played, and and Vanacek went from being sick to having a lower body injury, to now he's been out for two weeks. We could see Gonzalez back though. That's that's a step in the right direction. Every healthy body helps. Even though he's been having a shit season and apparently is one of the potential players that could be traded. Because this is like the only, even though he just signed that contract, this is the only year in that contract where he's got any sort of, he doesn't have any sort of no movement clause. Ah, so So now would be the time to do it. He could be dealt, yes. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear Money Talks next week. I hope he likes Calgary. (laughs) <laughs> and if he doesn't fucking bad fuck who cares you're going <laughs> fucking bad you're going <laughs> all right sure are you gonna... ready you're going <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for us uh don't forget to go on the x at friends underscore Did i say x you, really you are all the, in the you friends... are all fucking in on the friends x. underscore rivals <laughs> Uh, go on Apple Podcast, turn on notifications for our podcast so you never miss an episode of the Friends and Rivals podcast. Billy, say something. They were screwing on that fountain for 15 minutes? Doesn't sound like they were rushing to me. <laughs> <coughs>